Hello, hello. Welcome back to Art House Garage. I'm Andrew Sweatman. Today we are discussing a very interesting new movie called The Lighthouse. This is a movie from A24, directed by Robert Eggers. And if you've seen anything in the marketing about this, you know it is a bit unusual. This stars Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson as two lighthouse keepers who are in isolation on an island taking care of this lighthouse and essentially um, their relationship goes sour, goes to a lot of different places. It's a very stylish, uh, confounding, ambiguous, messy sort of a film. It's kind of been billed as a horror film. We talk about that in this discussion about how it doesn't exactly fit that bill. Uh, It is shot in black and white. It is shot in a very boxy aspect ratio. And it's, it's not like most of the things you see in the theaters these days, but, but both my guest and I really connected with it and found it very thought-provoking, and we have a great discussion about this movie. My guest today is a filmmaker named James Basham. He is actually graduating film school next month, I think, and he'll be out in the world making movies. I first encountered James at uh, the Made in Arkansas Film Festival. I saw his short film, Frank, and thought it was very stylish and very uh, funny, and uh, then met him in person some months later at an Arkansas Cinema Society event. James has directed a number of short films. He has another one coming up soon called The Yankee. The trailer is out for that. He is going to have a screening of that in January. So if you live in the central Arkansas area, you should go to Ron Robinson and check that out. I will put in the show notes some links to his films as well as information on how to attend that screening that's coming up in a couple of months here. Uh, He's a great guy, very fun to talk to, very thoughtful, and um, he has an eye, I think, that is really, um, really well suited towards a movie like The Lighthouse. He has a breadth of knowledge about um, art film and classic film that I think brought a lot of interesting things to this discussion. We talk about Ingmar Bergman and his influence on Robert Eggers and and how it plays out in this movie. Uh, and we just talk a lot about the um, dynamics uh, between Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe's characters and toxic masculinity and sexuality and how that all plays into this very interesting, unusual movie that uh, is going to stick with us <laughs> for a long time. Um, I'll stop telling you about what we discussed and just let you hear the discussion. Here is my talk with James Basham about Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse. Tell me, what's a timberman want with being a wiki? It's looking to earn a living. It's like any man. Starting new. On the run. Keeping secrets, are you? No, sir. Why just spill your beans? Why just spill your beans? Welcome to the podcast, James Basham. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about today's movie, The Lighthouse. Uh, first of all, how many times have yeah. you seen it? 
so I've seen the lighthouse three times. Three Sorry times. to think about it. Wow. I saw so this this isn't the one I've seen the most though this year. I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood six times in theaters. Six times. And the lighthouse three times. It's because I am very cynical and think I might not be able to see movies that are this good again in my future, so I might as yeah. well see them in theaters while I can. For sure, so. yeah. It's not every day a Quentin Tarantino movie comes out when I make the most of it. Yeah, yeah. not every day you get a one book by nine aspect ratio movie yeah, in black for and white sure. in sure. theaters. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So on that note, I've only seen it once, but I've, <laughs> I've tried to find as many clips to rewatch uh, on YouTube and stuff yeah. since then, but I... Uh, yeah had quite an experience watching this. So my kind of my first question yeah. about this is um, it's a, it's, it's a messy and interesting movie. It's um, yeah. it's very stylish. It's, you know, it's got that aspect ratio, nice black and white, uh, a very rich kind of black and white. I think the period setting mm-hmm. is so well done. I think in the costume design and the, the uh, set design and all of that. Uh, I have seen some people being a little divided on, whether it actually has any substance as far as like what it's saying, what does it mean? Um, because it is pretty messy and pretty ambiguous. Um, do you think that it has something to say or do you think it's mostly just an exercise in style? Uh, I think it has a lot to say. Mm. Um, personally, I think with this film, I, what blew me away with this film and the reason I keep going back and watching it Mm -hmm. was the characters and how they're written. Yeah. And the dialogue, which is something that I don't think is getting talked about a lot mm. is how rich and good the dialogue is and how deep the characters are and how much ex- exploration there is in studying the performances of Pattinson and Defoe because they're both such leveled performances. Mm. There's so many levels to their performances. And I, so I, I come from like a camp of I'm, I'm like, we need to talk about how good the script is for this movie because I think the script for this movie is fantastic and I think the dialogue is fantastic. I mean, visually, it's amazing, of course, but for me, what kept blowing me away was the two performances, how it feels like this uh, two-man, one, like two-man show Mm -hmm. that I'm watching like a play. It felt like I was watching a play in a way and I think people, I don't know. I, I And I also, I think this is a film that I think it's going to take I think it's going to take years to study. You know, we study yeah. literature in mm-hmm. school. This is a, this is one of those art pieces that it's going to take. There's a lot of study that you have to do on this film and a lot of yeah. homework. You know, it's you not have to a quick reaction kind of movie necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the first time I watched it, I was blown away by the performances and the dialogue and everything like that. And I went, I want to go see this again so mm-hmm. I can create an analysis for this movie. And I think that's something to pray yeah yeah you can almost have that first initial experience with it and just kind of get lost in it and yeah. <laughs> maybe feel like you're going crazy a little bit and then you can study yeah. it. it's very dense i think the dialogue is very dense too especially willem yeah. dafoe he's very kind of uh i don't know captain ahab vibes with the way yeah. he's speaking and and even just you know i'm not you know we're not typically used to hearing that kind of dialogue in a movie theater. No. Uh, and, and so you almost want to hear it multiple times just so you can catch yeah. a word because it is uh, dense yeah. and very stylized, uh, a literary, it's, literary style. It's kind of like when I watched, when I would watch movies that are British films or mm. 
Irish accents, sometimes you have to put subtitles on because yeah. it's such a dialect we're not using, used mm-hmm. to hearing. So I would, I probably, when I get this movie on Blu-ray, I'm probably going to put the subtitles on so yeah. I can catch yeah. every single line. I completely agree. Uh, Even just watching some YouTube clips, a few of them had subtitles. And like, oh, I didn't realize exactly what he was saying there. Like, in catching more detail. Very Shakespearean. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, do you think you can talk about what you think this movie means without talking about spoilers yet? Or do we need to wait for the, uh, yeah. the end? Okay, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I can. I can. Um, I'll go in deeper when we can talk about spoilers. Sure. I think this film, from my reading of this film, I think, I think it's about isolation. I think it's mm-hmm. about the the character of Winslow and his iso- his isolation from everything in his life, mm-hmm. and sort of this this idea of kind of doppelganger masculinity as well. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. And because he doesn't want to drink, he wants to like follow the rules. But Willem Dafoe's like, you got to drink. There's this kind of I don't know there's a lot of it's layered I think these yeah a lot of layers to that idea and the mm-hmm. first time I watched it I, I thought I was trying I, I felt like okay I think there's more to this aspect ratio than just we want it to look like a German expression in the yeah. film I think mm, yeah. that there's this sense of isolation and being uh what's the word what's the word when you're in a yeah, small kind of room confined yeah I don't I know why I'm blank. it's very confined confined kind of claustrophobic almost you, you feel very confined and you never the sh- the only time you ever leave the island is is or wherever they're yeah. they're on you're you're on that boat mm-hmm. at the beginning but that's that's it and i think there is a sense of isolation and being in one's own head and mm-hmm. um like they're kind of a sense of jealousy, mm, yeah. Like masculine jealousy mm-hmm. and um, desire, yeah. And too. Yeah. there's a lot of interesting ideas in the movie. I think, yeah. And this movie kind of, I, I felt this movie in the sense of uh, Pattinson's character. This reminded me of when I was a kid and I would mow the lawn for my dad. Hmm. And he was a very particular person. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't do it right, I had to like redo it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I kind of related to Pattinson's character, what he was dealing with, because this guy's giving him, giving him a lot of grief. Like clean the floor for not doing. Yeah. 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 So I, I, there were a lot of things just like character wise that spoke to me. Yeah, and kind of authority. There are a lot of stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm I'm all over the place. But no, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's my main takeaway too. Is is like masculinity and power struggle a little bit. And I think mm. I think particularly masculinity. Uh, you know, they are uh, at odds for a lot of it. We actually they they kind of run the gamut. They're really close at some moments. They sound like an old married couple at some moments. Um, yeah, they're like fighting roommates a lot. They. And there is a clear power dynamic sometimes. And I think that I was trying to think, you know, put on my English major hat and think about like, what is the, the actual lighthouse? Does it symbolize something? I think there are moments yeah. when it almost, there's almost like a phallicness, like the, the masculinity oh. of that. And as far oh, as yeah. that, it goes with power struggle and whatever Willem Dafoe is doing yeah. at the top of the lighthouse. And there's yeah. sexuality tied into that. It seems like as well. And yeah, so it's, oh, yeah. it's a very kind of messy way to explore all of that i think and i think it it does work really well even though it doesn't really tie up into a night a nice yeah. neat bow at the end it's 
uh, it hits a lot of different beats and explores that theme, I think, really well. There's kind of like a dirtiness to the movie. Yeah. Where you feel you feel like you're kind of trapped in this like dirty erotic mind. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you, you wonder if that's are we are we feeling are we inside whose mind are we inside of mm-hmm. of either character? You know, because we yeah. could be inside of Thomas's bizarre mind, but we also could be inside of Winslow's mind, or we don't mm-hmm. know who's who's kind of running this whole thing. Who who yeah. is the I don't know the narrator sort of and and almost maybe yeah. seems to like go back and forth like there's moments uh, like when he's thinking about the mermaid and all of that like implicitly yeah. sexualized and and like I think we're in his yeah. head with that um, and then I think and we'll talk about our favorite kind of favorite images from the movie but there's some moments mm-hmm. when no. uh, he's picturing Willem Dafoe in different ways that seems to me like yeah. he's, he's feeling fearful of, of his power perceived power and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, and also wants something from once something he has. That yeah. The jealousy there. Yeah. There's a little desire there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the phallic symbol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come from. And Willem Dafoe, when he goes up to the lighthouse. Yeah. Did you feel like, the, there's a, did you feel like the scene where Robert Pattinson sneaks up there and sees it, sees whatever, yeah, sees the thing that's going on up there? Did you think that was a dream or did you think that was real? Because yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, I'm not sure. I don't know is the basic answer. I think it. I don't know because the film kind of sets it up. It could answer both because it mm-hmm. then cuts to Pattinson coming downstairs. Yeah, and. He, he, he could have just woken up, but we never <laughs> mm-hmm. saw him wake up. You yeah. Know? But yeah. So it does I show, think, I don't think it's a spoiler to say because there's a, a shot of it in one of the trailers, yeah. some sort of creatureized situation happening. And uh, yeah. I think there's like two moments in the movie where you catch even just a glimpse of yeah. uh, a creature kind of thing. And so I guess the question is whether that's real or if that's in his head. Um, I don't know. Something is going on at the top of the lighthouse and we'll talk more at the at the end of the podcast about this, the very end of the movie to, uh, in spoiler talk. Yeah. but because there's a few, especially when he goes up to Willem Dafoe, there's one little thing that when I first saw it, I thought it was something. Mm. And then it wasn't that thing the second time I saw it. But then I was like, oh, maybe I was supposed to think that because mm. there's some Freudian thing. Mm. But we'll talk about that. Yeah, well, we can jump uh, into our support. kind of our favorite image from the movie because that is kind of transitioned awesome. into mind. There's a moment... I think it, I'm trying to remember if it's during the scene where he's looking at the mermaid statue or if it's, a. I think it's later when he's, uh, he's just feeling very fearful. It's just a flash and there's almost a still image of Willem Dafoe looking down at him and he almost becomes the mm-hmm. lighthouse and he's naked and he's standing still in this kind of Greek statue mm-hmm. looking pose and the light of the lighthouse is coming out of his eyes and it's very bizarre. Mm-hmm. And very eye-catching, and so that for me is the moment that stood out visually. Uh, as just like, wow, this there's a lot going on in this frame, and, and it's gonna be mm. something to think about for a while. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I, mm, I think the best image-wise, my favorite images are. I love the close-up. Mm, yeah, because um, I know Robert Edgar's love of the Swedish filmmaker Ingmar, Ingmar Bergman. Yeah, I was gonna bring and, that up. But, but uh, Emar Bergman, you know, he was known for his close-ups, his mm-hmm. black and white four by three close-ups. 
and how they made the face look and how the image, uh, how he could capture a face in mm-hmm. such a pure, clean way. And um, there's a moment when Winslow is going into the water. And it's kind of that, that image of his face moving forward in the water. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's in the trailer. And I just something about the way the water looks, hands in space, the, where the face is in construct of the symmetry of the image. Like, mm-hmm. just beautiful. That's yeah. like, that's my favorite. I like that. That's cool. Um, it's yeah, in the was, trailer, I think. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to bring up, uh, we can talk, <laughs> there's another great, I mean, the final shot. Again, we won't spoil it yet, but oh, it's yeah. so good. That, that's an honorable mention. It's really pretty yeah. fantastic. But I wanted to bring up Bergman because uh, I've listened to um, Robert Eggers on the A24 podcast that he's on uh, one yeah. episode talking to Ari Aster, who made uh, Hereditary mm-hmm. in Midsummer, And they talk a lot about Bergman and, uh, that was uh, so. I haven't seen a ton of Bergman films. I've seen, uh, I don't know, kind of I've, over time been marathoning That's through them. But as this was opening up, I was I immediately thought of um, Through a Glass Darkly because it's a very similar yes. setting. That's they're my favorite. It's so good, and and they're on an island, yeah. and there's weird sexual tension happening. So there, I felt like there were a yeah. lot of touchstones. It felt familiar to that. Yeah. Plus all the close-ups. I thought it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought of Through a Glass Darkly. I also thought of Winter Light. Have you mm. seen Winter Light? Uh, I have not. And definitely very Wild Strawberries as well. Mm. Oh, yeah, I've um, seen Wild Strawberries, wild, yeah. Wild Strawberries, like, deals with dreams, and I, I can see a little bit of that. But, yeah, Through a Glass Darkly was also the one I thought. That's my favorite Bergman movie. Matt and Seven Steel are, like, my two favorites. Wait, Winter Light has is um, one about the priest. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I have seen uh, I loved that movie fantastic um and one day when i have enough money i'm gonna buy the criterion with winter lighting through a glass darkly on it together um but i i I think that it it, it had some seven steel vibes too where you have the two characters kind of yeah Mm -hmm. playing off of each other and battling wills almost yeah i think the thing about this movie that I always think about is I don't think it really is a horror movie. I yeah, I, I had feel the like same, it's a drama. Same exact thing. I, I saw the word horror in connection to it like last week because I was looking some things up and I was like, this really yeah. doesn't feel like what I think of as a horror movie. But yeah, a, a yeah. drama, even comedic, a lot of times. I thought of, and that's funny that you mentioned the Ari Aster thing because I felt the same way about Midsummer, mm-hmm. where I felt like that was, I felt like I was watching a drama when I was watching Midsummer, and there were funny elements too mm-hmm. and i felt the same way about lighthouse so it's kind of interesting yeah. um i think a24 is kind of they've kind of seen like oh if we can market these as horror movies and yeah and it both make both robert eggers and Ari, yeah robert eggers and Ari aster their first one i think is a lot more straightforward for thing about hereditary and the witch um and so yeah makes exactly sense to market them that way yeah a24 marketing yeah they do the best work over yeah. there um what about just a favorite moment whether it's whether it's tied to an image or mm-hmm. just a, a dialogue or anything like that any i it, you know black anything in black and white men smoking pipes mm-hmm. like i'm gonna love it you know, around but, the table and there, oh yeah. yeah i think anytime those two were just drinking together and just talking yeah and i think those were my favorite moments because 
just seeing these guys when they when those two got along i really enjoyed it mm. any scene of them drinking dancing i i really enjoyed those scenes because i felt like it was a a moment to get to know these two guys mm-hmm. and get to see them i don't know yeah. and, and then it kind of developed into you know it pushes the narrative forward because they start drinking, they start having fun, they get a little too comfortable with one another, mm-hmm. yeah. and then things get revealed, yeah. and it kind of pushes the, I think, yeah, I think any scene with those two eating and drinking. They have amazing chemistry throughout this whole thing. Oh my gosh, Just incredible. fantastic casting. Um, my favorite oh, uh, moment, I mean, it's a funny moment, and it's kind of maybe cliche because it's in trailers and things but the uh you're fond of me lobster situation yeah that whole fight and the yeah. big you know invoking the god neptune to strike you down and all that that, that made me laugh so yeah. hard and it's so even that watching it again funny. it's so funny yeah yeah that was funny because it was so it, it felt a little it, it was so like funny banter mm-hmm. it felt so like gaggy it was so fun yeah um yeah, that that is a good moment. I like that moment. And uh, what's the other, what's the other one that there was another one that made me laugh? And, <laughs> was it the fart? Him, him yelling about his fart? Yeah, 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 yeah. The fart, the fart. Yeah. That's what I think. That was I was so like, funny. I got to talk about the thing that made me laugh. Was the fart because I'm so sick of your farts. I and that's the first A twenty four movie to have farts in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Swiss Army <laughs> Man's got a bunch of farts. Mm, uh, movie, yeah. But when that first fart was came on screen, I was like. <laughs> um, I, I like this. Can't take. I like. I think this. What this movie did well is I don't think it took itself too seriously, which yeah. I think a few A twenty four movies kind of take themselves too seriously, and they're like, "Oh, we're A twenty four, we're RC," yeah. you know. But this movie kind of. I think this movie could appeal to people that aren't really film mm-hmm. historians or yeah. theorists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that the first that first fart that you hear too is funny because you hear him peeing before you. You're almost like, is that? The yeah. Sound of someone? You're almost like not sure. Is that the sound of someone peeing? And then he farts it. You know, like yeah, that must be what that was. And then uh, yeah, he confronts him at the end. And that's so funny. And it's almost like he's messing. Like he's just trying to piss him off. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's just farting in his face. That that was one. If there was anything horrific, it's like that chamber pot is way too close to both of their beds. Like, put that in the other side of the room. Yeah. Oh no, I get. I get too anxious sleeping in that way. I'd want to clean it all the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, um, comparing this to Robert Eggers' first one, The Witch, did did you have any thoughts as far as things that were in common, things were drastically different that you appreciated? Um. I, I like this movie better than The Witch, mm. personally. I'm not a big horror movie fan. Yeah. Um, I think The Witch is more of a horror movie. Um, I like The Witch. I just I, this movie kind of was more my style than um, The Witch. Yeah. But I think with the I think definitely the he he loves to do period pieces for yeah. sure mm. and authentic period pieces mm. that um, we don't you know we don't get to see a lot where we're actually seeing how they spoke, what was the cadence. Mm-hmm. Because 
Yeah, yeah that's it's, true. It's just very important. I hadn't thought about that, but and, one of the first yeah. dialogue that when they first speak in The Witch, I, it's it's kind of similarly like you have to take it back and, and realize, okay, I need to yeah. change the way I'm listening to the way these people talk because they talk differently than what I'm used to in movies. Exactly. It's kind of like I, I always think about when I go to see Shakespeare plays, mm-hmm. it's like 10 minutes into the play. Um, you kind of get on its wavelength. Being able to, yeah. yeah, that's when I start being able to kind of catch everything because i'm used mm-hmm. to the language you have to kind of readjust yourself to it sure. same way with rap music you know you have to adjust mm-hmm. yourself to mm-hmm. the the way that the way that the per like and like when someone's rapping and they're rapping very quick you know and they're using poetry and rhyming you have to kind of adjust yourself to yeah, it yeah absolutely and um i feel like that all that is how i felt when i watched the witch and the lighthouse mm-hmm. but uh the witch i don't know i think there's there's definitely that idea of tension between people in both Mm. of these movies yeah for sure i don't know what do you think i probably like the witch a little more i I love both of them honestly (laughs) i do like horror movies a lot and uh yeah, I like the witch in that he, he's clearly very interested in history, Robert Eggers, and wanting to get the historical yeah. accuracy there. And uh, I liked how it was, you know, this Puritan family and um, yeah. coming from that very religious place and then watching that all just fall apart. And uh, and then the ending yeah. of the witch, I was very surprised when it, because there's some question about whether something supernatural really is going on for a while. Yeah. And then it just goes nuts at the end. And I, I thought it was really fun, but yeah, I, same I, with the lighthouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. That's very true. But I, I do, I really love the lighthouse as well. Uh, I think both of them kind of fit. I think what makes Robert Edgar's a very talented guy is I think they're, they're similar, but they're very different films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, I like the witch, but I love the lighthouse. Yeah. It just was, I think both of them can work for different people and what people like. And yeah. I think it's good. The lighthouse is way riskier, I think just in terms of marketing and stuff. Absolutely. Like how, how do you sell oh, yeah. this today? But it's, I'm glad it's getting all the attention it is. I think the star, having two notable actors probably yeah. will help. But yeah, what were you saying? Sir? I, was, I did not know if it was going to come to little rock at all. And I was so happy that it did. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and so another thing about the tone of it, is you know i think a lot of it is really funny and some sometimes my audience didn't seem to get that it was being funny uh that that one moment that i mentioned like everyone did laugh and i was like yeah good i'm glad because i felt like i was laughing by myself a lot i'm the jerk in the theater that when something like that i laugh very loud so i'm like (laughs) ah like laughing very loud but that's the you know that's the pain of uh same movies in Arkansas. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you gotta gotta wait to you gotta check that IMDB to see when things are coming. Yeah, I yeah. was like I didn't think the lighthouse was gonna come. I would have people text me and be like, Do you think the lighthouse is gonna come? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's that just was... certain movies at this time of year people are like, Is it gonna come here? <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, I was checking IMDB every day for a while. Like, please, please. Yeah. Like, yes, it's finally here. Uh anyway. Yeah. Um, do you want to jump into spoilers now and, and talk about the ending and kind of how that fits into yeah, the interpretation sure. of things? So if you think about your so, your thought about um, isolation and, and masculinity and all that stuff, what do you think the ending says to that and means? So he, so one, it's a lighthouse, which we all, you know, we don't have to do much thinking to think what it kind of looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but, 
when he first goes up to the lighthouse and you see Willem Dafoe and the octopus, mm-hmm. um, some like octopus, like goo comes down, but it looks like, yeah. um, mm-hmm. semen. Yeah. And, um, and so that was the first moment I was like, Oh, maybe they're dealing with some sort of sexual tension, not even yeah. sexual tension, but like male sexuality or something. Yeah. I didn't put that together, um, but I think that's right on. I, I had, I just thought that, you know, him withholding the top of the lighthouse from Robert Pattinson was a way of kind of sexual dominance. He was doing something sexual. It yeah. seemed like, and it's like, you're not allowed to yeah. do this. Only me. And it was like a way to exert his power. Yeah. But he doesn't want to talk about it either. Yeah. It's just his job and it's his rule. Yeah. So, when it comes to when he touches the lighthouse, it turns it turns out really, you know, at the end, the last shot, him getting mm-hmm. feasted on by the seagulls. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I wonder if was that a consequence of him touching the lighthouse or killing Thomas? Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a good question. The other Thomas, I guess. Uh, I think, of course, Thomas and the seagulls have some sort of connection. Um, I wonder if his former, uh, former, uh, wiki, what is one of the seagulls now because the soul went into the seagull. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't, when it comes to the, the idea of masculinity, it, it seems this like desire to touch the top of that lighthouse, to see what's up in that lighthouse. And then when he gets it, it's you know there's consequences yeah it's not what he thought or so yeah yeah. and i you know i still think about the ending and how it ties into that idea and then here's a question i was going to ask you in that scene in the scene where they're dancing did you think they were about to kiss because i did yeah absolutely there's like a sexual tension suddenly yeah yeah there's moments when they are, yeah, they're just like male buddies. And then there's moments when, like in that, that scene of, you like my cooking, you must like my cooking, very much a husband and yeah. wife feel. And then later, oh, yeah, yeah. that sexual tension of, are they about to make out? Like, what's going on? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it, it kind of is, these, these seem like two guys who are, who are not supposed to have sexual desire for each other mm-hmm. because they're these strong semen wikis. But people, oh, the thing that people don't think about is like, you know, how long have these guys been since they've seen a woman yeah. had mm-hmm. contact in that way, had intimate contact in mm-hmm. that way. So it would make sense that there's some sort of having that intimacy with another person that's yeah. so close, no matter their gender. Um, it, it can create some sort of sexual desire yeah. And I, I wonder if that's what, you know, Robert Eggers was playing around with there. Yeah, and um, that plays into the idea of isolation and isolation from yeah. women or he thinks about the mermaid situation. and Or even, I mean, not even like in a sexual way, but like isolation from connection with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connection like with another guy. human being. Mm-hmm. And all he has is this Thomas guy and he connects with him. And then when he connects with him, he reveals, you know, the big secret about him and it does not end well. He spills his beans. Yeah, he spills his um, beans. That's right. Which I, you know, that's another like um, Freudian, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, there could be something there 
as like, well with the really sexual... subtle double entendres like throughout i think yeah i think with pat Pattinson's character, there seems to be this anger that's deep inside of them mm. that is just bottling up throughout the film. And with Thomas, he just starts out as an angry grump, you know? Mm-hmm. And I saw that throughout the film. And that's another thing I love. It's just, a, yeah. It, oh, that was another thing I loved when he explodes on him and yeah. yells at him. Mm-hmm. And just those two just arguing with each other. Yeah. Again, like it, they kind of have a couple, like a married couple dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's that complaint of the the masculinity thing too, and that so often what we perceive as masculine or powerful is just anger, and that's what's valued sometimes yeah. in our society, which I think is unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, but like that's to to exert my dominance over you, I'm just going to get angry that you didn't clean the floor well enough or whatever and show that I'm the alpha or, or something. But yeah, the, the very ending we'll talk about, like when he goes up to the top of the lighthouse and there's that incredible shot of him like screaming and it gets all like staticky almost. It's a really interesting moment. And so I, yeah. I've been toying with like, what does that mean? And like, he finally gets up there. If it is something to do with like power, he's finally, you know, he's, killed Willem Dafoe and he's climbed up and done what he wanted to do and then the power maybe he finally accesses that power or something and can't handle it and it uh, kind of overtakes him and then in the very final moments he's dead whether that's because of the power situation or because of seagulls getting him for his past actions or what but I also think as we're talking it's striking me like thinking about the sexuality aspect um, I think there is especially in maybe toxic masculinity, if we want to call it that, like a fear of, you can be a fear of your own sexuality or a fear of other men's sexuality. And so maybe the the lighthouse and him saying, you can't come up here. This is only my thing. Uh, And he, he's, he's terrified of it and can't handle it or something. I don't know. Just, just a theory, but I think that there's maybe some interesting things to think about with that. Yeah. And I think there's a, I think there's definitely a 2019 mat because I think toxic masculinity is something we're seeing yeah. talked about more in art, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, whether it be the movie Art of Self Defense, I don't know if you've seen that. Wait, but, wait, uh, oh, no, I haven't, but I've, that's on my list. Definitely deals with toxic masculinity, and it's something we've been seeing a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I deal with, and I can always connect with. So, yeah, I, I. I really enjoy, even if maybe the film's not trying to say that, but from my interpretation, yeah, I really enjoy that. For sure. I like it, that interpretation. Yeah, I so, like yeah. that too. That seems like yeah, there's forever been an idea of like what a man's supposed to be, and, and yeah. maybe society at large is starting to break that down. And uh, <laughs> those yeah. of us who don't fit that mold are like, okay, good. <laughs> I don't have to <laughs> people yeah. stop expecting me to be a muscular alpha male all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can cry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, any last thoughts about this? I think we can kind of wrap up. I think it's been a great discussion. Um. Oh, I. I have, or is there? There's one spoiler thing I want to ask you. Was there an image that horrified you? Mm, I think the, the creeped you out. The smashing of the pigeon or seagull was mm. shocking, and it, I mean, it wasn't horrific in the sense of like. 
I didn't like get under my skin exactly like, but it was just shocking, very shocking and, and very visceral kind of seeing him yeah. display like, and there's a, a anger speaking of anger and an outburst, the sudden outburst at that seagull. Um, yeah. I was trying to think if there was any moment that I, yeah, felt like fearful. Uh, I, maybe when, when they're trying to kill each other at the end, there's some moments of, uh, what's going on? Oh, and then there's the moment when I think Willem Dafoe is choking him, and then he becomes the sea monster, uh, whether that's in his head or what. But that's a really interesting. Uh, it kind of freaked me good. out. Yeah. Yeah. I think the image for me is the mermaid screaming. Oh it's yeah. Terrifying to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but yeah. Well, great. Thank you so much again for joining me for this. This has been really good. And uh, uh, no problem. I'd love to have you back another time. Uh, I'm not sure oh, how many, I mean, this is technically season two of the podcast. I'm not sure how many episodes I'm doing, but I'm trying to hit some of the high level movies from this uh, kind of award season time. So I will, awesome. uh, I'll be in I'll touch be, with you. About. Please do. There's a lot, a lot of good ones to talk about. So yeah. thank well, you for having me. Very, very welcome. Thanks, James. A big thank you again to James for joining me on this episode. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe. You can hit us up with a rating and review on iTunes. That goes a long way to help new listeners find us. And you can follow me on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, at Arthouse Garage, Letterboxd at Arthouse Garage, and keep track of the things I'm watching and thinking about as I watch uh, movies on Instagram I've started doing these mini movie essays where I kind of break down a theme or an idea uh, in in the space that an Instagram post will allow and then I have movie reviews on my website at arthousegarage.com so please check all that out thank you so much again for listening and if you have any thoughts or questions about the lighthouse reach out at andrew at arthousegarage.com or on any of those socials thanks you guys till next time keep it snob free bye bye